1: everybody welcome back to pay dirt a Penn State football show sitting in for Tom Hannafin I'm Brian McLaughlin and I'm joined by former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin this show is of course brought to you by our sponsors Funk Brewing the official craft beer partner of pay dirt we're big fans of Funk's citrus IPA and silent disco IPA but don't forget Our official beer, the Pay Dirt IPA, is still available right now in Funk's tap rooms. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmis Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit www.funk-brewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting, need, betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, Major League Baseball's World Series, the NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L E A V to receive your rewards. Pay Dirt is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com. That's shop dot B-L-E-A-V dot com and search PayDirt for our two t-shirts. One is the official logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the PayDirt wordmark over the heart and on the back. Circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe Dot com. That's shop.bleav.com and search pager for our two t shirts. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And, of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show. That's at ESPN Radio. 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. I'm Brian McLaughlin again, filling in for Tom this week. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore McLaughlin3. Matt McGloin now joining the show. Matt, a, a big win today for Penn State. The Nittany Lions looked solid uh stepping in to to record right now. Initial reaction from a from a really a dominant performance from start to finish today.
0: Yeah, yeah, Brian. This is the game that they needed. Um, this is something that Tom and I talked about in the preview episode. That when you when you lose a game like like you did to Ohio State, but not just losing the game the way you lost it. Right, the game was right there for the taking. You had an opportunity to win the football game. You somewhat collapsed. Um, gave up four touchdowns in seven minutes, and you lose a football game in the number two team in America. The last thing you want to do is go on the road, come out flat, and let a team like Indiana hang around. Who is three and five, three and six now, obviously, but had lost five in a row. They have a team like Penn State coming to town, and, and what a team like Indiana, what they preach all week is, let's play spoiler, mm-hmm. right? Let's ruin their season, right? Let's, let's fight out of this five-game slump that we're in. Let's do everything we can to get a win here and try to finish our year strong and make a push towards getting to a bowl game, right? For a second... I was a little nervous when I thought Penn State came out a little flat, Brian. I really mm-hmm. did. But, you know, the way this team held it together, the way this team continued to play and fight, I mean, it wasn't a trap game. This is what this is what we called for on the preview episode. This game needed to be a beatdown. And it was just that. 45 to 14 at a final score. I mean, this defense is loaded. Uh, the depth on this defense, Kobe King did a fantastic job. of 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 stepping up and and playing well this week um I thought Tar Burton had flashes um of 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 doing some pretty good things there on the football field um you know Jalen Reed looked good at times right I mean how good is Jair Brown Uh, I mean there's just so much Abdul Carter made a nice plays and what I'm basically what I'm getting at is like you're you're doing such a Manny Diaz is doing such a good job this Penn State defensive system he's doing such a good job of Using the talent and experience of the guys, but also mixing in these younger guys, right? So mm-hmm. Jair Brown makes play one time. Next thing you see, it's uh, you know, it's it's a Kobe King or or
1: you know, it's uh, you know, Danny Dennis Sutton with the interception. Exactly,
0: exactly. You know, you see a combination of experienced guys and younger guys doing extremely well on this defensive side of the ball. The future at this running back spot is is so bright, Brian. It's it's impressive to watch. Heavy on the k Allen early in this game, too, which you were kind of waiting. You're like, all right, where's Singleton, where's Singleton? There he is, touchdown, you know, right there at the goal line. Uh, but, man, you get that combination going. Those guys are t- going to continue to grow, continue to develop. They're going to continue to gain confidence, Brian. Um, which is an extremely important thing, and it's something that you need to be very careful with with younger players. But they've done a great job of bringing those guys along, and it's been fantastic to watch them grow and develop in in a, in a hurry um, throughout the season. And lastly, Drew Allar. I mean, I, I, I mean, look, you know, yeah, we have to you have to talk about it. Look, have
1: to. He's look, he's a headliner look. every
0: week. Sean Sean led this team to a victory today. You know, th- he did make some good throws. You know, the thing that. I think you you, you watch and what stands out when Sean's playing the quarterback, it's it's still the inconsistencies of the play. Brian Um, misses throws, um, you know, too strong on throws. You know, it's just throws he should have that he just misses at times. He flat out misses. Um, But again, did a great job of leading his team and 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 helping his team win a football game today. But man, uh, it's just when Drew Allar steps onto the field, man, you just see like this kid's got it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's so natural for him. And like, like it, it, it wasn't uh, one of those touchdowns, Brian, where you're like, oh, what an incredible play, you know, uh, this and that. But the sprint out to the right, the touchdown in the back of the end zone, right? It's about a 15 to 17 oh. yards throw. But yeah. the ball placement, throwing on the run like that and being that accurate. That's difficult for pro guys to do. And this kid's doing it at, at 18 years old and as a freshman. And it's just impressive. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, Brian. You have elite quarterbacks right in the Big Ten, right? CJ Stroud. Um, you know, there's a few other guys who who can play at an extremely high level in the Big Ten, but Stroud is certainly the guy, right, in the Big Ten. But then there's there's the average guys and the guys that you know, play well at times, they're inconsistent, they don't play well. You know, Tali is another guy who I, I would consider an extremely gifted quarterback in the Big Ten. But it's it's those elite guys like a CJ Stroud Bryan that you need because it's gonna be in certain moments and certain games when you need to rely on your quarterback. The quarterback needs to put his team on his back and say, I can make four four or five throws right now and march us down the field in the fourth quarter when we need a drive, or I can get into a shootout in this game if we need to. I can manage a game if I have to. I understand four-minute offense. I understand two-minute offense. You need a guy that can do it all at any time, at any moment, in any game, and I think they have that with this dude. I think they have that with number 15,
1: Brian. It's exciting to to see those flashes just come more consistently. I'm sure there are a lot of people jumping on to watch this show, listen to the show right now, to hear your quarterback takes, Matt. But, I mean, you, you said it right off the top. The, the running backs today were mm-hmm. unbelievably dominant. And I thought, I mean, obviously the breakout game for Catron Allen, Nick Singleton had a solid performance as well, but played a little bit of the second fiddle to Catron, who is, I think, emerging as maybe the, the more – I don't want to say consistent, but he is the guy that's going to get you three yards a carry. Today he goes 18 carries, 86 yards, career-high three touchdowns, and oh, by the way, two receptions for 72 yards. Those were his two biggest plays, receiving the ball out of the backfield. This is a running back who was not as highly touted as Singleton, but the coaching staff and everybody out of that locker room has been saying since Catron Allen stepped on campus, he has been an equal to Nick Singleton. And Mm -hmm. they've created this duo of any given weekend, one of these guys can single-handedly almost carry an offense or beat a team. It was fun, I think, to see Katron show that today and show I've got explosiveness, I've got power, and doing it in a different style than we've seen it at running back for Penn State in quite some time with his physicality and his ability to frankly just bulldoze and run over anybody that he wants to.
0: You know, know, the thing about having a two- you know, running back system, kind of what Penn State has and what it's starting to develop into is an, ex- I think it's a, it's an extremely good thing to have. It's a good problem to have because like they've talked about this as well, how healthy of a room that that running back room is with those two guys, you know, and, and the rest of those guys in that room, um, you know, bouncing ideas off of one another, um, competing with one another at practice day in and day out. I'm a firm believer, Brian, in that competition is healthy yeah you need that every single day you need it in the game of football otherwise you get comfortable right you know you're the guy you know this and that you you know you you go through practice each and every day and you need somebody to be right there pushing you day in and day out and I think these guys I think they have that in one another um it's fun to watch it's exciting to watch um you know and I don't think it's it doesn't seem like it's one of those things where You've got guys who who are thinking, I want this many carries or I need that many carries. It just seems like they're extremely comfortable with what their roles are, right? With uh, what their roles are right now. Like Singleton was on fire early in the year. Not saying he's not playing well because he is, but then out of nowhere, here comes Catron Allen, right, and had a few big games, and then both of them, you know, had had good had good football games today. So. I mean, it's it. they're in a really good spot right now. And it's just like, I, I watched the game today. I see what that defense looked like. I saw the way the, the running game was. You know, you saw some of the plays offensively, and you just think to yourself, you know, man, you, you wish they'd have another crack at Michigan, or you just wish they had a chance to play Ohio State again.
1: It's hard not to think back to those two games in particular for obvious reasons, the only two losses on the schedule. Um, because I think it, it, there's a fair argu- argument to be made that today is as good as Penn State has looked this season in a variety of ways, the way the defense was flying around the ball, there was a moment in the second quarter where I thought Indiana might not pick up a first down the rest of the game. It was, And it was just yeah. because, A, they have some injuries at quarterback, they had to use three different passers throughout the course of today's game, but they could not run the ball the point of contact for their running backs had to be about two yards behind the line of scrimmage it was I think fun for Penn State fans to feel like we're the bullies up front for once we're the guys shoving the other team around dominating the line of scrimmage and I think then the next step is taking that to an Ohio State, taking that to Michigan because you're seeing it once again, Penn State getting back to the regularity of beating your Indianas by a healthy margin. Like at the peak, Penn State should, as a program, be dominating Indiana. The question is, can they then do that against Ohio State and Michigan? Unfortunately, we're not going to find out that this season. We have to wait again until next year to, to find out that information. But it is great to see them step up and dominate. And from the offensive line perspective, you're out three starters after you lose Hunter Norzard minutes into this game, and they still were dominant. That that was impressive. The way Penn State dominated the trenches today was something that doesn't always stand out, but it was very noticeable even for a layman like me just watching the game, just how much push they were getting up front.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really impressive. One of the things, though, I think this defense needs to be careful with, You know, uh, some of the crossing routes, some of the underneath routes, I think they fooled this defense a little bit. They get into problems, Brian, when a quarterback is decisive, mm-hmm. where he knows where he wants to go with the football, he understands what you're doing, and then, boom, he goes there quick. Right? I, I think that's in this, and I'm bringing this up, Because, and I know they got, Maryland got beat today in tough conditions at Wisconsin. Very tough conditions. Does not play, it doesn't play to what Maryland tries to do as an offense, right? Rain. This is a team that wants to throw the football, right? They live and die by throwing the football. And again, a guy I just talked about earlier, Talia, I, I think is one of the more gifted throwers of the football in the Big Ten. A few times today, though, those underneath routes, crossing routes, a seam route, miscommunication there for a touchdown fools this defense a little bit this is another one too you got to be careful with cute quarterback runs as well gives this defense problems that time we saw Tuttle break off a few runs here talia is a very gifted and a very underrated runner um he's a good athlete he can create as well i can see them trying to tighten up um you know, this, 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 this next week in preparation for that Maryland game. Um, But, but again, going back to your point, you're right. I mean, this, this front four, these guys got pressure, they brought it and they're going to have to continue to do that next week um, against Maryland. Um, offensively though, Brian, real quick, Parker Washington. And, and I, I want to know, I, I want to see what, what your thoughts are, if you agree with me or not. Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley. Forget about some of the better wide receivers in the Big Ten. I think these guys are some of the better wide receivers in America. They have to be doing more with them offensively. I will continue to say that. These guys need to touch the ball every single drive. And I don't care if it's a slip screen or a jet sweep or whatever it may be. These guys are too creative. They're too explosive. They're they're just they're they're too good of athletes to not be more involved with this Penn State offense. I mean, for me, four catches for Parker Washington is not enough. Five catches for for Mitchell Tinsley is not enough. I mean, Parker Washington had 30 yards. They gotta get this kid the football more. And it's just I've said it a few weeks back, right? We haven't talked about it much kind of in the middle portion of the season, but I have to bring it up again because they're not doing it enough. The first 15, 18, 20 plays, whatever you script, this kid's got got to see the ball at least six times. right? you have to make it a point to get the ball to those two guys.
1: It was clear that Catron Allen was kind of, as far as game planning is concerned, and you talk about those scripted first couple of drives, first however many plays you script out. It was clear they had, They were trying to establish Katron Allen, trying to establish that physicality in today's game. Overall, completely agree with your point. Parker Washington in particular has proven to be um, that next wide receiver as far as get the ball in his hands, Mm -hmm. similar kind of to K.J. Hamler for Penn State, make you miss, shifty, tough to bring down, relatively safe with the ball in his hands. And then between he and Mitchell Tinsley, They catch everything. They're not the biggest dudes, but they are just winning 50-50 balls constantly. And so that is where I don't want to immediately jump to Sean Clifford, but there are multiple times throughout the course of today's game, that is where Sean, and it's not necessarily at fault to him. I think we know what we're getting at this point from Cliff but there are just multiple overthrows, misses low every now and then. When If you just give these guys a chance to make a play on the ball, then you're talking about an offense that is so unbelievably well-rounded. And to me, that's just something that Clifford will never quite be. He's never going to be that guy that gives his receivers a chance on every single ball. He's going to have misses. And to me, that is hard then to – every single game expect Parker Washington and Mitchell Tinsley to both get eight to 10 catches when you've got the running back room that Penn State has and the tight end room who talk about Brenton Strange's catch today. He was ridiculous. They've got so much talent there as well. It's hard to kind of pinpoint for me, at least who the problem is necessarily on is that game planning. Is that just cliff maybe missing one or two, too many throws Um, because you do want to spread the ball around and they've talked so much about balance this season, but I agree a hundred percent with your assessment of Tinsley and Washington emerging as such a potent duo and their ability to just win 50, 50 balls to me is what stands out most.
0: That's a great point, Brian. And I think the, I, I think the issue is too. I, I think it is a game plan thing. But I think they're at the point now where they where Mike Ersic and company they're thinking to themselves, like, all right, we have we have Tinsley and Washington. They're going to make their plays. They're going to do this and that. But we also have these two tight ends, you know, three tight ends. We have these tight ends that are very good. We have a very good tight end room who can create big plays in the pass game. So we're okay with just doing this yeah. <laughs> in a way every single week. Do you know what I mean? But like for, for sure. me. And you're right. You're right. There are there are a lot of big plays that are left out there. Week in and week out. Misses, overthrows, miscommunications, things like that. It comes down to mechanics. It comes down to footwork. And for that, I put a lot of that on Mike Yuricich, too.
2: Mm.
0: Right. Understanding the concepts, the routes you're throwing, where your feet need to be. Right. Uh, understanding we're, we're throwing to windows. We're throwing guys open. Right. Knowing. If, I, if I'm if I'm throwing a, a ball in behind a linebacker, I got to get it above him, but I got to keep it below that safety in the back end, right? Brian, there may be times where it's like, you know what? I'm just putting this on him. I I, I don't care. Here it is. Where are you? Right there. I'm, I'm throwing it right at your chest. I don't care if you have to stop to catch it, but I'm getting a completion. It's, it, it's stuff like that. When a guy is open, you just catch it. Just get, just get it there. Just get it. You don't have to be perfect. There are times when you when you need to be pretty damn near perfect, but there are also times where it's like he's so open, man, just get it there. just get yeah. it there um right I think that's what I think that's what Sean needs to start to realize a little bit here as this as the season winds down um but yeah again man i I would still like to see more of washington, more of
2: tinsley um moving forward, so we'll see. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their let there be white tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear SMACK. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code paydert 15 that's paydert 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's classic, crafting a better you.
1: Let's talk quarterbacks a little bit. We're starting to get into it there with with just that that last assessment of how Cliff's distributing the ball. I thought in your preview pod this week with Tom, you guys covered it very well. I thought Dan Orlovsky, the color analyst on the call today, had that storyline pretty down pat as a former NFL quarterback himself who analyzes the NFL draft every year. He was his most excited when Drew Aller got in the game, and I think that's probably pretty similar to how most Penn State fans felt at their most excited when that backup quarterback, backup quarterback kind of in air quotes with the talent that Drew Aller has. um, What do you see from Aller today? We discussed that a little bit already with that rollout to his right touchdown. I mean, laser that he just zipped in there. But again, overall, they find him minutes for the most part in the second half, although I'm sure there will be many Penn State fans who are critical of when those minutes came and are still going to be clamoring for him to be starting going forward.
0: Well, here, here's the most difficult thing that Sean Clifford's dealing with, James Franklin, Mike Yersez, this whole entire offense, this whole entire Penn State team is dealing with, is that Drew, Drew Allar is not only the most popular kid on campus, he's the most popular kid across this Penn State nation.
1: No doubt, right now
0: he is, yeah. um, it, because everybody knows what is to come. Everybody oh, knows yeah. what the future holds. Everybody or knows what holds. this kid. Exactly. Everybody knows what this kid is capable of doing, and you're right, Brian. Here it is. Everybody knows, unfortunately, fortunately, what this kid's potential could be. Right? And I say, I say, unfortunately, there too, because it's an extremely difficult position to be in when you're a backup quarterback like Drew Allar. You know, a lot of people want you in there playing. A lot of people are calling for you in there. But you know, as a player, you're still growing, you're still developing. These things take time, right? To be able to understand like decision making, understand timing, understand accuracy, understanding how consistent you need to be every single day, right? Understanding that, you know, you don't just need to trust from uh, your offensive coordinator, you need to trust from the whole entire program to be the guy day in and day out. Um, understanding, Brian, that you can't have a bad day there's only certain levels of good days that you can have as a quarterback. So, look, we, we talk about this kid potentially starting one of these weeks. I think they can do it if they want to. I said it on the preview episode. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up starting like a Rutgers game or the Michigan State game. I mean, Michigan State pulled off a big victory today, so you know, they're they're back and forth. So, I mean, whether who knows, you know, if that if that'll happen or not, but they have the luxury of saying this kid is going to start if they want to. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's clear how good this kid is and how good this kid can be. Um, so, you know, we're just, you know, we're going to have to see how things play out moving forward here at Penn state. But, uh, but you're getting to see what these running backs are capable of doing and how much better they've gotten week in and week out. Um, And what the future holds for that running back spot at Penn State with these two guys. And now you're getting a glimpse of Alar here. Um, You know, a a lot really. You know, a, a lot early on in this season. He made a lot of good throws today. A lot of impressive throws today. So you're getting a pretty nice look at what 2023 holds for this Penn State offense, Brian.
1: You mentioned that running back development, and to me, that is one of the pinpoints of, I think, why this this fan base is calling for Allers so much. Now, obviously, anytime there's a backup quarterback that has this much talent, um, the the fan base is going to call for them. But they have also seen true freshmen come in this year and make big-time impacts, not just the running backs, but also – the likes of, uh, you've got wide receivers who are making big time plays. And so I think the success of the true freshman running backs and other true freshmen that have come in and made impacts have emboldened this fan base a bit to think that Aller could be the guy and could be the guy right now. And so when you take that into account that there are so many other success stories from these freshmen that's only building this pressure to force Allah into the game. And I use the word force Allah into the game kind of cautiously because I do wonder, and this thought for me stems from a great article written by Mike Porman in statecollege.com recently. And he mentioned how James Franklin recently called for the university and the athletic department to be bold with their steps going forward. And they needed to be bolder after the 2016 success to step the program forward. And Mr. Porman made the argument that, well, now it's James' turn maybe to be bold and try to move the program forward by seeing what you've got with Aller now. Do we have the guy? And I thought that was a fascinating point of view, that is this James... Time to be bold, take that brave step forward. And I know it's hard because I know how much Sean Clifford means to the program, means to the fan base, means to James individually. But at what point is it best for not just the program, but best for Drew Aller, maybe even best for Sean Clifford to give this kid a start or two and um, really – go forward with the program in bold steps like James asked other people to do. I thought that was a fascinating perspective on this situation
0: here's here's the thing too Brian um you know I mentioned them them having the luxury of starting this kid if they want to. It's okay for the Penn State fan base, the Penn State community, people like us who do podcasts and things like that It's okay for us to start talking about the future now right as a player, focus on the task at hand every sure. single game. Week in and week out. That's the most important thing. Getting better, preparing week in and week out. But now, like for us, like they're they're expected to win this Maryland game, this Rutgers game, and this Michigan State game. I think very easily now, after what we've seen. Now, in August, I thought Maryland would have given them a run. I thought Michigan State could potentially have played spoiler there in week 12 Absolutely. on Penn State. But like I mean, what, I, and it's because of what this defense is doing, what this defense is capable of doing, how deep this defense is. Every every other play, somebody different is making a play, right? And yes. it's just like, I don't think Talia and this offense, they match up well. They certainly do with the skill positions there, but I think the secondary Penn State favors them in that football game. I think they create turnovers. I think they force him to to get on the move. Um, get to his third prog- third in progression but by that time this front four this front seven should already be wreaking havoc um you know on that offensive line um you know so like it's all right to start talking about the future I'm, but I bring that point up because you know you don't you don't ever want to look past these games right. here but you should you're expected to win these football games you know in the coming weeks um but uh but yeah it's it's certainly fun to talk about what the future can look like for this team, just knowing what you have on this defensive side of the ball and what you have at the running back spot and at the quarterback spot. What I fear, Brian, and I know this offensive line was going through some stuff this week, right? And I think they did a really good job today. The problem you need to look at is this offensive line and who else at the wide receiver position.
1: Yeah,
0: Who else? could potentially be the future for you. If you don't have that, then I don't care who you have at running back. I don't care who you have at quarterback. They need to do everything they can to start focusing on that offensive line, the future of that offensive line, and they need to have somebody step up behind Washington and Tinsley. I'm not talking about the tight ends. Leave them out of this. Sure. It's okay for now because of how talented they are, but who is the future? in that wide receiver room outside of Mitchell Tinsley and Parker Washington. Somebody needs a step.
1: Well, you know, you know it, it caught my eye today, caught my ear. Uh, Liam Clifford had three catches for 31 yeah. yards today. Meaningful minutes, meaningful snaps for Liam. I think that's sometimes an afterthought amongst the Cliffords, amongst the Penn State fan base as far as just who his older brother is. But that was impressive to see today. But I'm um, – 100% right there with you. After Tinsley in Washington, Clifford had his three catches today, but nobody else more than one catch. Um, and it's just feels like a lot of people who are serviceable options at the moment, but nobody who is going to threaten again, it comes back to, are they going to give Michigan or Ohio state a challenge? And right now it feels like Penn state has two wide receivers who can hang and maybe get open against those secondaries And after this season, again looking ahead a little bit, or even going into say a a good bowl game this season, if you want a big bowl win, um, look. Mitchell Tinsley is a grad transfer already. He's going to be headed to the pros after this season. Parker Washington expected to return, but who's going to step up is, I think, you're right, a major question. And it it was something that, yeah, because
0: that's a great point. That's a great point. I don't, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it's like. Tinsley's gone if Washington expected to return if he returns right and for me knowing what I know this year right I say listen I'm just gonna roll coverage or I'll double team Washington somebody else beat me on Saturday afternoon then sure that's what I do good yeah. knowing what I've seen this year right now some guys have made really good plays at the wide receivers but I'm not taking anything away from them they've made some right. really good plays but it's not you, – you can't sit there and say, yes, he is the future. He is the number three guy right now, but one day he can be the one. I don't know if I can say that.
1: Agreed. And that's the first time in a while where we felt like this about the wide receivers. To me, dating back really since, honestly, like the Chris Godwin era during the Big Ten title run, there was always, okay, this is our guy right now. Here's his second option this year. He's going to be the one that slides into that spot moving forward. Parker Washington, kind of that most recent. He was the heir apparent to Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson goes pro. He's a stud there. Parker Washington steps in great. The coaching staff, credit to them for going out and getting Mitchell Tinsley. Maybe one of the most underrated additions to this year's squad out there um, and most under-talked about additions to this year's team because he has made some bailout catches to make Sean Clifford look good in some spots. Um, but can they go out and get a Mitchell Tinsley in the transfer portal next year? I'm sure that's an area that they're going to be looking at hard again in the portal, but right now it's a scary spot. No question about it for Penn state. The good news is you have that solid tight end unit. You have a solid running back group. So it's not like all is lost offensively, but it is worth noting, I think. And it brings us back to the point of how important these last three regular season games are, because you want to get to the to the 10-win regular season. That, to me, is a big number you want yep. to get to. But it is also, in theory, three wins, in theory, a game about proving your depth and proving your spot, going into a bowl game, and who can finish this year strong is I think something that any fan should be paying attention to. Not just they're going to be watching the quarterback and running back spot closely. That's where the headliners are. I would really encourage fans to try to keep an eye out for the wide receivers that you individually like going forward. I'm sure it's something that we're going to be watching coming up as early and, and as this weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's going to be interesting too, because I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're thinking of themselves, right. We got to start mixing some of these guys in and see what we have at the mm-hmm. wide receiver spot, whether it's Wallace Lambert Smith Clifford, whoever it may be, you mentioned getting something in the portal. If they're not seeing anything out of these guys right throughout the last few weeks of the season, or throughout bowl practice, or even the bowl game, I I, I mentioned the bowl game because like Marvin Harrison Jr., what he did in the Rose Bowl a year ago. Now look, he's arguably arguably the best wide receiver in the big. Great 10. point. Yeah, but it's great call. You know what I'm saying, like somebody has to grab it and say, "All right." I've sat, I've been patient. I now have seen how a season or two works. Now it's my turn to become the guy, to become the number 2 guy or the potentially it could be a one guy one day. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that. Um the one thing I'll say about the transfer portal when it comes to bringing guys in. You're you're not always going to get a Tinsley. Totally. It's just not going to happen. So, like, you have to be cautious of living in that transfer portal world because I just don't think there's a ton of stability in it. Because you look at like a team like Michigan State, even Brian Kenneth Walker a year ago ran for north of two thousand yards. They try to do the same thing this year with Bruce uh, Broussard and uh, Jalen Berger. Right? Mm-hmm. It's unfair expectations in a way. Now, I remember talking about that with Mitchell Tinsley. Like I said, listen, if you're asking this kid to come into Penn State in one year and have 1,500 yards, I'm like, that right. that's ridiculous. But what he's done, I think, is better than anybody could have ever expected him doing. Being it being in this program for less than a year, he's done a fantastic job. So just if if you can get if you can say, yeah, Parker Washington's coming back for another year you know, Lambert Smith's done some nice things for us here. We can put him in spots here or there moving forward. Heck, Liam Clifford had three catches today, right? Or we think think Wallace is somebody who has a ton of potential too. But let's grab somebody else and say we can fit them in here to kind of make this whole entire piece work for us here. I think if they can use it like that, then that can buy them some more time to continue to develop these guys.
1: I guess I'm curious then how much of that – potential volatility with going to the transfer portal for a wide receiver specifically is because it is so important for them to have chemistry with the quarterback. How hard would that be to have a veteran guy who has so much college experience potentially come in learning a new set of systems and learning a new QB as well? I have to imagine that's part of why that could be a volatile position to hunt in the portal.
0: You said it though. Veteran. You get a guy that's played three or four years or potentially another graduate transfer that's just looking for another opportunity or looking to take a step up, kind of the way similar to Tinsley did. I'm not saying you go get a guy that's been somewhere one or two years and just is unhappy with the way he was at a certain program. So now he just, he just wants a fresh start. That's not what I'd be looking for. Right? I already have that. I already have that at my wide receiver roster. True. right? I need a guy that... If I don't, again, if I don't think I have anything moving forward, right, then I say, listen, who has dominated at a school similar to a school that that Tinsley was at that wants to make the jump that will immediately walk in here and do what's asked of him that has played in big games, that has had big catches, big, big touchdown catches. Um, knows how to work, knows how to lead, knows how to communicate, will be completely happy with whatever role we give him. Um, That's somebody I think that that you look to if you're unhappy with the progress of your current wide receiver room.
1: I know we're talking a lot of future of the program here. This is the Penn State Indiana Recap Pod. But, I mean, today was an exciting day that gave us a lot to think about going forward because we saw a lot of those youngsters in. Um, and we saw a lot of future pieces get more time than we have in a Big Ten game so far this season. And so that was, I think, once it became an extended lead and Indiana goes to their third quarterback, we, we knew that was kind of going to be one of our takeaways tonight.
0: And again, and it's like I said, it's okay for us to talk about the future, right? Because it's certainly right. exciting with the talent that they have and they're expected to win these next three games. And it's okay to talk about it, Brian, because if they just do what they did today for the next three, it should look very similar, right? Maryland's going to put up some points. Absolutely. But if they take care of, take care of themselves, just continue to play their own style. Don't try to, don't try to do this. Don't try to get that. Don't try to get exotic or anything like that. Do what you did today. Focus on running the football well. Find Tinsley in Washington more. Use your tight ends. Do what's worked for you best this season over the next three weeks, and you will be ten and two after you play Michigan State.
1: Exciting times for sure, Matt. I, I'm going to just ask you: what, what was the one one player that stood out that oh. jumped off the page today? I know that's really tough narrowing it yeah. down, but it, I, it was I, some fun guys that stood out.
0: It's I think Tinsley.
1: I mean, and it's not,
0: I know he was five for 63, right? But still like just some of the, some of the catches he made, some of the early catches he had, you just like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching the game, I'm like, this kid could be doing more. He could be doing more. Like the, the catch radius is ridiculous. The hands are so strong. He just has a really good feeling for playing the wide receiver position.
1: Could not agree more. Um, Matt, I want to thank you for allowing me to jump back on the show with you this week. This has been fun to get back into it. We're just about all out of time, but uh, thanks for letting me jump back on the show. It's been a blast. Uh, Recap the Penn State 45-14 to win over Indiana. Thanks again for letting me come on.
2: Anytime, man. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at McGloin QB11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater.
0: Thank you for listening to
2: Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.